Hello and welcome to Reptoy Screenings episode 70. I'm your host, Em, and with me is the regular host, Jackson. Movies, 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 movies. And my other regular host, Dusty. Film, 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 film. <laughs> uh, the Talking Pictures. The Talking Pictures. The Talkies. Um, <laughs> There's the Talkies there. We, we watch Talkies on this. Okay. Uh, so we had an, a bonus episode that you're going to have to pay for. I'm going to hard sell you for a second. If you would like to listen to all three of us and both Autumn and Neve from uh, Ornate Stairwalls do a whole big episode together, uh, we did a VoIP Life crossover. Uh, VoIP Life is normally on our Patreon, patreon.com slash mapping for $10. Um, but you could also, if for some reason you don't subscribe to our Patreon, you really don't want to give us $10. You can get it for $5, the export audio Patreon at exportaud.io. And you'll get Ornate Starwells a week early for that. Um, and all the other export shows a week early and Pop Town Funk and stuff like that. Um, if you subscribe to ours, you should maybe think about kicking them some money. If you've got a little extra lying around, I understand things are tight. Inflation fucking blows. Um, but it's a good episode. It's like two and a half hours of us running down the thousand and one movies to see before you die mega list and making lists of our own out of it it's and really i'm cool. on it you're on it yeah you're on it i said all three of us oh okay sorry i missed that <laughs> yeah yeah you're there i love that book that was a great time one of my favorite was, ones you have done it's fun it's a lot of fun it's worth the, the time and the money i think so i think life is worth ten dollars it's good fun uh yeah um anyway that's it movies uh now more than ever i'm going now to go first ever. what um, have you seen what movies have you been watching did i had i already seen meet me in st louis last time we talked yeah hmm. i don't remember i logged that on friday the 17th so yes we had already i'd yes, watched that the night before we recorded. yes okay so the only thing that i have watched um, is Anya Zvarda's Lions, Love, and Lies, which is a 1969 film she made while she was in uh, California. And it's about um, Viva, who's like one of the, like, like she was a Warhol model or whatever. Like one of the she war- was one like of the superstars. Yeah, she was in one of the Warhol scenes. It's like her after she's kind of gone away from that. And the two guys from Hair kind of playing vaguely fictionalized versions of themselves who are all in this big, like, trio uh, and they both—they're all in Hollywood to try to make it in the movies, but they're just a bunch of art weirdos, so nobody gives a shit about them. So they just kind of hole up in this house and hang out um, for a while and watch the news and fuck and talk about art and life. Um, and it's—it uh, it very much feels like a, and, and Shirley Clark's there as herself, like like oh you make a lot of money at the movies, and Shirley Clark's like no, I've never made a single dime making movies <laughs> because it's Shirley Clark. Um, Infamous, like, outsider uh, documentarian, not a real, like, Hollywood type. Um, anyway, um, it's really fucking good. It's like a movie where nothing happens, but that nothing happening is, like, on the cusp of, uh, you know, the 70s hitting. Um, like, Robert Kennedy gets, like, shot while they're there hanging out watching it on the news. And, like, this is, a, like, it, I don't know if these happen at the same time, but it conflates it with Andy Warhol also getting shot. And there's a bunch of, like, news footage of, like, the fallout of Robert Kennedy dying. And it's just the same, like, thoughts and prayers, let's not politicize this event bullshit that happens today. And you're like, man, nothing will ever change. We are just stuck in this death spiral forever. Um, and uh, all of the frustrations about what, like, commercial art is versus, like, people who aspire to do things and life gets in the way. And sometimes you're just depressed and processing that. Uh, it's really fucking good. Uh, Varda did not seem like she took to America very well. Um 
there's like one shot where it's like just the, the beach like they try to go to the beach and it's just a bunch of cops holding everyone back from being on the beach because like some event happened and it's just like her vision of america is like way too many people who are all loud and rude and then cops fucking everywhere and you know what checks out <laughs> that's 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 just fair as far as i know yeah that's on the money yeah happy fourth it's a really good uh it's a really good movie i highly recommend it uh, but that was it for me yeah one of the movies that when you were describing it uh one of the movies that popped in my head that sounds very similar as far as blending documentary with fiction is the japanese film from i believe the same time like late 60s uh funeral parade of roses mm-hmm. and it's just sort of about the gay scene in japan back then it's a really mm-hmm. really cool movie just gonna recommend it what did you watch, Destiny? I rewatched a movie, a comfort film, uh, for myself. I rewatched Gregor Rocky's uh, *The Living End*, which is his irresponsible movie, uh, as it says in the opening credits, um, <clears throat> about these two uh, men with HIV who fall in love and have this volatile relationship and they're also on the lam because one of them kills a cop and it's just all the teenage nihilism you can uh fit in a film it's the best i love it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah so i just rewatched it i've seen it like six or seven times by now (laughs) all right it's time to yield the floor <laughs> I went movie mode this this week. Um, I don't, you know, sometimes I go movie mode. It happens. Uh, watch a ton of films. Um, oh, we don't need to do all of them. I don't even want to start because, like, you know, I watched. Uh... No, you got to do all of them. Why? Okay, we're doing fucking all of them. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me check out where we where we. Okay, the Africa Queen. Uh, yes. Then I after that I watched the Indiana Jones the the Indiana Jones Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, the the, the last one, it was alright. It wasn't. It, well, I'm not like a defender, but I'm not like an angry hater in the way that some people are. It was a slightly less good Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> uh, it's still fun. There's that fun scene through the um, uh, through the university. There's that bit. There's that incredible gag where it, like they're having they they start to fight in a bar. And then he gets punched, and as he falls back, it pans to like a bunch of greasers who are dressed exactly like him. Uh, that's Shia LaBeouf, by the way, doing that. Uh, hilarious! One of the funniest fucking shots Spielberg's ever done in the middle of this kind of mid movie. <laughs> uh, then I watched The Evil Dead. That movie is pretty good. Um, not really for me. The bit where it was like forty straight minutes of absolutely nothing happening except like creature effects. I was like, well, these are good creature effects. It's fine. Um, You're such a fucking hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I like the fucking movie. It was fun. Hater, 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 hater. I was, I was like, I'd like to, you know, those scenes where Bruce Campbell was like talking to people. I like the bit where he's getting the paranoid. That was really good. Uh, I just, I was just like, this just isn't my, my, uh, my area. Um, not a hater. The movie was good. The movie was good. <laughs> Explicitly not a hater. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> likely story. Uh, because then I, I watched, um, uh, Doctor Strange for some fucking reason, the new one that he did. Uh, that's terrible. Awful movie. The Multiverse of Madness. The Multiverse of Madness. It's barely a movie. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it's actually got some good stuff in it. And I, then I watched it. I was like, no, it has no good stuff in it because it sucks. Uh, I also watched Red Dragon. Um, 
the talk about Hannibal bad movie. fucking films. Now, in the, obviously, somehow not the worst movie I watched because I watched Doctor Strange, which just you know a terrible Marvel film throws the whole scale off. But Red Dragon's such a funny kind of bad movie where like the cast is one of the best casts you can get in the year two thousand and two to make a Hannibal Lecter movie. They got fucking everyone you want, and then it's just so bad. It's like a Straight remake of Manhunter for a lot of it. Uh, adds more stuff from the book. But every directorial choice is just deeply embarrassing because it's, you know, a Brett Ratner film. And, uh, yeah, that, that sucks. It's just like, there's some bits that are funny bad in there, but I was mostly, like, taken aback by how, like, it's very instructive, right? As a watching it and learning about how directing works and you watch that and Manhunter. Um,. I rewatched Pulp Fiction. Nothing you need to say so about that. Pulp Fiction's still okay. It's still four stars. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, then I watched all the Godfather movies because I, I was like, we did that thing and I was like, I should watch some of the classic movies I haven't filled in. And then I was literally like three seconds away from watching The Conversation, which is the one I actually wanted to watch. I was like, well, he did The Godfather. That's probably more important. So I watched those instead. Yeah, how's, <laughs> how's The Godfather? Um, mostly good. Uh, I quite, I like, like them. They were absolutely fine they were not like blowing me away uh ign.com <laughs> um i i thought part two was the um one i was uh, i enjoyed the least uh, i enjoyed part three more than part two that's who i am uh not because it's like less well made or anything you know like it's clearly well made but that's the one that i think is the least interesting in terms of its like subject matter uh all of the prequel stuff is boring um even all of the stuff with michael's like Okay, so the thing about The Godfather is, as I was watching it, I was like, it's, it's not that this... Obviously, I knew. I knew that this influenced, like, you know, Prestige TV that they're still making through Mad Men and Game of Thrones, all of it. It's not that it influenced that. It's that it's exactly the same. They haven't changed it in a, a bit. You could just edit this, put it on TV, and everyone would be like, that's pretty good. People would just be posting about it in the same way. It's it's identical. Uh, I, I, don't even, I don't even mean that as a criticism. It's just funny how much, like, this is... We're st- they're still doing this exact thing. Everyone is still doing this, uh, so I see why it's so like massively influential, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the my main reaction was like, my dad talked about the Godfather to me for literally uh, a, a decade. It, he would either <laughs> he would either talk to me about how the Godfather is one of the best films ever made, and they don't make them like that because like they used to make the the movies for adults. They were like super complicated and deep and and now they're all watered down and shit uh or he would talk to me about how buffy season six is the greatest television ever made that, that's what my dad <laughs> that's what my you dad know did i have an extra grind on buffy season six yes <laughs> uh but my, i was surprised watching it and i was like it's not it's not that deep or it's not even that it's not i don't mean that the criticism i again like i it is a crowd-pleasing movie for everyone, not for kids. But it's you know you like the characters; they get into a, uh, you know they get into their gang war. There's a there's a tragedy, and you're sad about it. Um, it it is it is not like oh in the seventies they were making movies that were like intellectual, and you had to really like think about that. It's still like a crowd-pleasing movie for the people, uh, and um, it was just nice to like you know recalibrate that. Had a good time. But I don't. I don't have like super deep thoughts. Other than I really liked part three. It, 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 I understand why everyone hates it. It is like worse in many ways in how it's like made. Uh, the just the nineties ness of it is 
aesthetically not going to be as enjoyable to most people as the 70s and this of the other films. Uh, but he also takes on the Vatican. So that's pretty sick. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> funny. I remember thinking, because I, when I watched him in my early 20s, three was still in the period where it was just like a famously reviled film. And I remember thinking, this is not only fine, it's like are more arch and thus better to me because i always prefer a thing that is arch it's so much more arch uh when it's silly it's sillier yeah uh and also i think it has like i i think its ending is much better than godfather part 2's like ending of the entire like summation of what these movies are about um i i find the place that the godfather 2 kicks off the most like and this is probably just because of 50 years of culture of people copying it uh the most like pat the, the sad man who was bad at the start of the movie is now even worse and alone at the end of the movie. Hoo, 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 hoo. I'm like, I've, this is just all the bad TV I don't like. Uh, it's like slightly better here, but it's, it's just my interest is not there. And Godfather Part 3 being like 30 years later, uh, even though it's only been like 15 years in real time, but they still play it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and um, has fucking fantastic scenes with him and Diane, Diane Keaton who like they went through such intense shit in those other movies and now it's been so long and they just kind of have to exist he doesn't care about any of this anymore uh, it's it's good I just like the way that like time passes and they're sad and old and all of the things that were intense and they did all these gang wars for seem meaningless uh, and it, it's good I really like part 3 uh, but yeah, and then the uh, last movie I watched that wasn't The Madness of King George was In the Heat of the Night, which uh, I have very little to say about in, like, big ideas other than uh, that movie's so cool. I've never uh, seen Poitier it. Is one of the coolest people alive in that film. Oh, that was... It's just a cool movie. It's a cool noir movie, and it's fucking sick. Uh, I wasn't going to watch it because... You know when you hear about, like, this is the... Um, important racism movie that the Academy liked. You you, you know, that always kind of raises... Uh, you know the thing gone. is if you go f- like to the ones in the 60s and 70s like i really love guesses like Luke is coming to dinner is that what it's called guesses is coming to dinner i don't remember um that movie fucking rips despite the fact it is the most one of those possible um yeah incredible <laughs> film. but just like by reputation that's not i'm like they don't know the academy doesn't necessarily give that to movies that always deserve it so i didn't um didn't know and then order recommended it as like a very cool movie yes. I was like, oh, you know i'll watch it and um i'm very happy i did what a fantastic film love that so much uh just just a good movie uh strongly recommended but yeah, yeah that's that's what i've been doing watching the movies okay movie mode movie mode is happening i wasn't gonna do them all but you did say do them all you did them all you did them fine you did them. uh yeah, yeah. our movie this week is the madness of king george uh directed by nicholas sittner Screenplay by Alan Bennett. This came out in the year 1994. It is based on the play um, that they all, like, basically everyone, like, Bennett wrote that play, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bennett read the play, um, hit and directed it, and yes. uh, the Nigel Hawthorne was in Nigel it. Hawthorne. Yes. Was in it, yes. So, uh, it wasn't, like, one-to-one of the cast, but the main no. three were all... Yes. Um, would you like to briefly summarize uh, <laughs> what happens in the Madison King George? Oh, okay, I just I just talked for ages, but here I go. <laughs> uh, in a man as a King George, uh, it is the uh, time of George III, slightly after America has uh, gone independent. And famously, uh, King the George... King from uh, ha- uh, Hamilton. Oh yes. yeah, that's how Americans know this guy. <laughs> they don't know him from history; they know him from no. Hamilton. You know what? I think that's true. I think that's true. I you can't argue did, against me. I, I recognized him in Hamilton because of history. I'm just saying, Did- most Americans don't know fuck all about history. 
I, I mean, I, I understand why you would say that, and I, I don't know, I have, I'm not in America, but I would assume if Americans were to know anything about history, it would be this specific period of 15 years, though. Like, Oh, the other stuff that happens in this movie, I didn't know a fucking thing about. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Well, not in Britain, in, in America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I meant, like, if, you, if you're going to know any king... And you're American, and it wasn't like Henry the fucking Eighth. It's probably this guy because yeah. he's the one, you know. Anyway, so slightly after that, uh, and um, he's starting to uh, go mad. <laughs> Basically, he's starting to become erratic, uh, talk over people, just be um, uncouth and break all social mores, and just start going off on one and talking in. Uh, strange circles and everyone's like is he just being like is he's a king and we've indulged him for years or is he is something going is like something wrong here uh and he, he keeps getting pushed further and further uh and his son also called george george fourth uh is uh teaming up with the leader of the opposition uh who is uh mr fox because mr pitt's the prime minister mr fox leader of the opposition mr picks mr, mr pitt the tory mr uh, mr fox is the Whig. they don't explain this in the movie but this is true of history <laughs> um is trying to lead uh, a like a bill to make George the George the Fourth regent, uh, to make his son regent, and like basically consign the king to quarters, uh, and as a like push for power. And the movie is essentially about that. As that faction is building its power, uh, pushing um, their uh, like agenda in in Parliament, and George has like doctors come in and try to fix him by which you mean literally torture him till he stops acting like that uh ian holm comes in and tortures him in some pretty sick scenes uh and it is basically a race against time of will he get his shit together by the end of the movie and um he does just in time and he's back to the original kind of being weird that he was at the start of the movie is he fixed is there such a thing as being fixed? What is modern medicine? Uh, what did any of this mean? Is this just the the f- royal family like having a weird infighting? Everyone who actually helped and um, was kind and did anything caring is fired. Uh, they're all fucking fired. Uh, uh, Kid George has his like mistress who he he wanted his whole it was only sympathetic motivations that he wants to marry this woman uh, who's, who's, a, who's a Catholic that he's married to and didn't get his dad's blessing. Uh, he gives her up and they all become the perfect royal family again. Uh, and what a happy ending. Everything fucking sucks. The end. <laughs> That's true. That is what happens. Yep. Um, uh, I was, so we started this movie and like 20 minutes in, I was like, Jackson just picked a British uh, West Wing. There's literally an enormous walk and talk that opens this film. (laughs) I noticed that too. Uh, There is a ridiculous walk and talk that opens this film. So much before, um, before he actually like starts having problems and everyone's like, what do we do with this this senile guy? It's just so much how everyone in the West Wing like buffers Bartlett. There's no way that this is not a hugely influential work on Sorkin. You'd never convince me of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because I mean, the, the thing that's interesting about when when you bring up the West Wing and uh, compare it to this movie, the thing that's interesting is how much of the West Wing is about the uh, importance of things like you always call the president the president, right? Like, but in the West Wing, it believes this is deeply important ritual that like pr- props up our highest office that means something. And yes. here it's like this is the absolute ludicrous uh, 
social nonsense that is uh, British aristocracy that prevents any of us from being able to understand each other. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, no, the game but, is much, or the game, <laughs> the, uh, the movie is much more critical of like enshrining these old men who are like quirky and sometimes eccentric and warm to like make people love them in these places of power. Right. Like it's much yes. more suspicious of that. It's like a good thing to do um, because it's, it's just inhuman. Like you can't, people can't thrive under such conditions. Right. Even if they are not being like actively evil, um, it just like ruins this one couple who clearly loves each other's like marriage and their lives to be king and queen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Helen Mirren probably if if Ian Holm didn't exist, running away at this movie because uh, he's clearly the standout here. But. <laughs> uh, Ian Holm does like kick the door down halfway through this movie. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm here to make this movie ten times better, and you know what he does. <laughs> Good job, Ian. Here yeah. I am. But uh, Helen Mirren just is like this long-suffering German queen who doesn't understand why her sons are so fucking shitty and why her husband is just like continually spinning out and being cruel to her. Um, it's just good. It's like a really thankless role and she does a really good job with it. Because she never gets a period, like a, a scene where she gets to like have a catharsis, right? She just endures the entire time. No, the only catharsis is to re resume being the uh king and queen yes and return to another kind of hell yeah um yeah uh no i really like this film i was um uh very surprised by it uh i feel like this is um the peak of you know every british playwright wants to do this which is create a like crowd pleasing you know royal comedy or historical comedy uh that is not even that secretly just a deeply self-hating movie about everything in that the UK stands for. This is mm -hmm. all like British art, right? It's like deeply <laughs> loathing and repressed about the ways in which all of our social connections are uh, like layered with loads of, um, you know, bullshit and uh, rituals. Uh, every comedy of manners is this, right? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. At least in the UK. And um, I just thought it was a really, really good one of those. Yeah. Uh, was uh like the ways in which all the um stuff about uh modern medicine uh like came into the movie was really good because he's surrounded by all these doctors who are like uh i'm the one who always checks the stool and i'm the one who checks the humors <laughs> yes uh, uh and they're all um just cartoons of uh what old medicine is and then like ian holm comes in with his more like modern treatments and uh, the scene where he comes in is incredible because it starts out and they play him really well and he's like i will break the uh like the thing we have to do is talk to him like a person so he can return to earth and i will look him in the eye and i will um uh like challenge him and then he starts off really well in that scene and then is um you know, clearly the hero of the scene, as it's the first person to do that the whole the whole movie, and then it tips over, and the thing like he's actually brought like he mentions he's his his patients are on the farm in Lincolnshire. It's like they get better when they work, and you're like, uh oh, where's what's this where where's this going? And then he just like literally traps him into a torture chair, uh, to abuse him till he stops, uh, stops doing all these like breaking all these social codes, and it's like, oh damn, yeah, okay, this is absolutely you know the birth of British mental health care, I guess. The thing, the uh, thing about Ian Holmes' character in this is his his way of healing, like obviously is not like modern. It is depicted as modern medicine, but the thing he is is like American Puritanism, right? <laughs> He's American Puritanism, but also just like 
there there is a there is a modern mental health medicine aspect too, like it's exaggerated and evil, right? But it is I will apply force on these people until they know how to work properly and act their social roles properly. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like be understood as like people to be cared for. No, no, no. Of course not. But um, it opens with him not even willing to admit that the the colonies have become the United States, right? And then this yes. guy comes in who has this like you know, like almost like Quaker like mentality works on a farm when they're on the farm. There's like this one shot where everyone's just dressed like it's a funeral. And I'm like, this is, this is just what America this time looks like. Um, and there's like this undercurrent of this guy comes in with this, like very like Christian hard work leads the curing of the soul idea that like helps this man rise above this like European rot. That's very funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since he's a character who's defined by being kind of above that, that very same thing. Like his, his son is a fucking dandy. Uh, he sucks. And while he is sometimes like that, he's all talk. Like he doesn't sleep around. He's like faithful to his wife. He's just like uh, the most upstanding a king could be (laughs) as like a person. He's just a guy. What, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Silly. Um, so this, um, this like thing of like, Ah, the, the 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 former priest has to come in and and minister to his soul to s- save him from this mental illness. It's just like, um, this. It's weird. It's like it's not like a born again story, right? Like that's not the framework. No. But there's there's no. definitely a vibe of like religiosity through like medical intervention that's through this. That's like conservative in like a small c way. It's like you know he did work hard and he learned to like just endure it. Uh, in a way where like the people around him don't know how to endure anything because they're uh they're just like the idle rich um and it helped <laughs> it um, is like bleak in its own way right yeah yeah and like and they maybe even like cast down on that of like did he did he get cured did he just go away with time right did he just like get tortured till it till it got better on its own there was no like they don't understand the processes right like they, mm. there's a conversation where he's like was it him was it just like did you just get better <laughs> yes and they don't know there's no knowing uh as to like what actually happens um the movie throws up some um like uh title cards at the end which have already been disputed by science because science keeps people in the uk have been trying to fucking diagnose what was going on with george III for centuries and they will keep doing this yeah mm-hmm. isn't the consensus now that he was actually mentally ill and it wasn't the um arsenic poisoning yeah i don't know i i looked at this briefly i don't remember the specifics but it keeps changing mm. <laughs> uh but no one like in, in this movie uh they, they do not know for sure mm. um and even when he like comes back and is back to normal. He's like taking him great effort, right? To just like appear like this. Yes. As he has to remember how to be uh, a king. And it's all about how like a king, you know, the, the entire movie's premise is, is like the king's in charge, but he's, he's only in charge as much as he can play the role of the king. Everyone is like trapped by their own roles. Yes. Uh, the second he cannot be the king, the king can be like imprisoned by people who are not even royalty. Yes. I mean, the, the 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 resolution of the actual problem, which is the uh, proposal that would create a regency, is literally for him to come in and just remind everyone to their place, and you have to live in your place. Yes. Um, and that's just the gravity of a king. And, like, Willis is, like, he's not, like, inhuman. Like, he, he is sympathetic to George's plight, but it's just, like, you need, like, your role, your king, you don't get to be a person. You don't get to act like this. You have to live up to the role. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I, I watched this movie and I was like, man, what if there's a good king? So, well, it's not, he's not, there's not in this film. I know, but what if there's a good king? I'm like, man, kings, right? I, I love that you came away with this movie like, man, kings. I came away like, man, Britain, fuck. <laughs> I, I came away from it like, oh, medicine. That's oh. just a fake place to me, That's so. <laughs> um, but, I don't know, it is funny to me. Um. But yeah, no, I, re- I, you know, this is very much a stage uh, production being filmed in like everything about the framing. Um, so much was just tableaus of characters like all hanging out, facing outward to the audience. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that one in- like incredible scene early on where he's watching the the people do the bells. Yes, yes, that one's pretty. I'm like, oh man, this is the most uh, <laughs> stage show that's ever been. I love it. Uh, yeah, and he wants to do the bells, and um, he's like, do it again, and they do it again, and uh, then he just, like, storms off, and everyone, like, all at once, just, like, goes, oh, God, it sits down. <laughs> That's really fun. That's, like, my favorite scene. <laughs> oh, we can stop pretending. That's, like, me uh, after, like, assembly at school or something, right? Like, just... <laughs> Because I had to fucking stand up at some of them. Like, the Remembrance Assembly. God, I hated the pageantry no school. Was not... about. <laughs> you know, you have to remember all the dead people from World War One. You would all stand up and they'd read out no, all the names. What? For like 25... We lost people read... in World War One, and they've never done that in our country. In, in for, for Remembrance Assembly, they'd read out all the names, not of the of the of the students from our school who died at World War One, you have to stand with your hands behind your back in silence. This is unhinged. Well, this, this, and the CCF took control, who were like the like army, the fake army, you know, brigade in our school. Which in year eight, you can join the CCF, you get your like fucking army uniform, pretend to be in the oh, army yeah, yeah, after RCC. school. Oh yeah, 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 that exists. Yeah, yeah. So that was their whole like pageantry thing, and they would rope everyone into it. And if you didn't stand there completely straight in silence for half an hour as they read out all the shit, uh, you'd be severely punished. And um, man, God, because I sometimes it sounds like I go to a like Dickensian hell school. I, it I guess does. A little it bit. does. Like that. You did. Uh, I didn't like it there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't doubt it. Um, but yeah, this is just, just, just a good movie. I really, I was, I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it um, as well, and I didn't expect to. I was like, "This is going to be stuffy." And no, it's not. It's very like lively and it's funny. Um, <laughs> my favorite bit, maybe in the entire movie, is um, is where Thurlow comes in and reads King Lear with uh, the king and just like starts aggressively overacting and then comes in and starts telling everyone about King Lear. It's like, oh, it's very dreary. It'd be so much better if everyone lived. <laughs> the King Lear bit is like dancing on a knife's edge because I'm like, this is too indulgent. You, this, could, this could sink your no, play. I, I was eating it up. I'm like, man, I need to watch more Shakespeare like film I adaptation. was like, I need to read well, King no- Lear. <laughs> no, I don't mean like in a bad... Like, it, it ends up he ends up pulling it out but when he, they start doing King Lear in a play about a tragic king yes, and losing his so mind good. you're like <laughs> <laughs> but there's that because it's set up earlier where the guy's like I was a uh, you know, I didn't read the Bible. I don't even read Shakespeare. I read the read the Bible. Oh I, yeah, I, like Willis is like, I've never read Shakespeare. I'm a man of the quality. And then later, in uh, Thurlow comes in, he's like, Oh yeah, you take over for Willis. He's miserable. He can't do this at all. And he's, <laughs> and he's, he's like, goes off his like genuinely chagrined in the corner. No, he's like, you let him read King Lear, and then he goes, I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Scene. That might be the best line of the whole thing. Ian Holmes like just fucking delivers the shit out of it. If I was a mentally ill king who was sad, I also would be reading <laughs> are you kidding yeah no for real 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a, that's a great scene. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And he's like sitting in like a sun hat and like suspenders at that point. He's like healed and better. There's a bit earlier on where he's in like, he's in a wizard robe. He's just like Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> in this one scene where he's walking around, it's so incredible. <laughs> Gotta say, uh, shaving the beard when he's better and, like, coming back, I was like, oh, that's a real step back. He looked good with the beard. <laughs> uh, the beard makes him look like 10 years younger. <laughs> it does. Pink should have beards. I feel like this is just a, a my feeling on this. A hard rule. Okay, yeah. so, you, so you need a good king with a beard. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just want Orson Welles to be king. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> I mean, who more kingly? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to make a uh, what, like bring everyone, all these dead actors back for a new Lord of the Rings. But Orson Welles is Aragorn. That's the one thing I'm changing for sure. <laughs> Everything else. Is the Orson Welles is Aragorn. Yeah, man, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> keep Sean Bean as Boromir. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how much I else I have to say. Oh, um, it is amazing how much uh, Rupert Everett just exists to play the same character throughout history. He only has one guy he can be. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. He's not, so miserable. Not a lot of range on that guy. And I like him, but not a lot of range. It was very funny because he's just the most miserable guy. <laughs> yeah. British character actors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, I uh, really like this. I was, um, I expected to, though. I was just kind of surprised by what, like, the tone it took throughout. I was expecting mm-hmm. something a little more, like, stayed, but, um. Same. Happy to not be. Happy, happy for it not to be. Um, I've just never seen any, like, Hitler movies and, uh, didn't really know the story that well, so. He did History yeah, Boys, get- right? Yes. History boys, yeah. Okay, that's I've the only one I've seen. seen. It's it's a it's alright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is Fair a enough. movie that my um teen uh teen governor in high school gave me to watch and then like broke up with me, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> Forget her. I still have her DVD somewhere. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh emails. Unless anyone has anything else. No. Right. If you'd like to send in questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, about any movie, not just our movie club movies. We love random emails. In fact, most of these are random emails. Uh, Rick writes in, if you had to crew a Starfleet ship entirely with cast members from The Wire, who fills the main roles? Uh, <sighs> Cracking my knuckles. Let's go. Okay, so. Who's captain? Daniels? Well, I'm, uh, no. You gotta get like, hmm, who's Captain? I like, I'm like Freeman. That Freeman. was also my guess, but then I was like, Freeman would be way more like science officer. Freeman can't be Captain. Freeman okay. would never step up and be. I don't think Freeman's gonna be a great Captain. But I think he's Captain. Uh, I think you need like. He's I'm exactly like, the right person who will like synthesize ideas and tell people what like. Tell them their own thing, their own ideas they came up with back at them to get them to do the thing. Yeah, but in a much more bracket derogatory way because it's the wire. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, I guess Fre- Fre- Freeman does fit the mold of a Starfleet captain, but in very depressing ways. Yeah, I don't. Starfleet I captains don't, know. don't necessarily have to be good at anything; they just have to instill confidence in the crew. I uh, like Stringer uh, Bell would make uh, a better captain. 
Hang on, I'm pit. What's his name? I forgot his name. Which one? String. Um, String is first officer. You kidding me? <laughs> I mean, Stringer is literally first officer in the wire. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the most first officer character who's ever existed. Um, Bodie. I'm making Bodie my captain. Oh no! Are you no. kidding me? Bodie's yes, not a captain. Bodie's like the transporter guy. <laughs> no, like I understand. I understand, but like to me, the bit. Where he's like, I'm not leaving my corner. That's what you want for a Starfleet captain. Get him through that. Get him 20 years older. Right. I'm, get I'm, Bodhi I'm through standing it. firm on Freeman here, but you can okay. say. I'm still standing on Daniels. Like, that's the okay. leader. Um, first officer. Uh, I mean, like, Stringer Bell's is the obvious, like, correct Stringer. choice. Yeah. <laughs> he is a first officer. Um, science officer. Freeman. Um, hmm, science officer. Prez. Um, I think I'm gonna go bubbles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tactical officer. Omar. It's probably Omar. <laughs> like that. That one's also just easy. Um, brother Muzon. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go in that direction? <laughs> I always um, forget. I always forget brother Muzon because he's only in like four episodes. But you're correct. Like, he's one of the best characters in television history. Yes. Uh, doctor. Um. Hmm. Shit. Avon Barksdale. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about Avon as later. So or Kima. Bun- Bunny. Oh shit, I forgot about Bunny. <laughs> um Yeah, no, fair enough. Um Hmm, who do I want there? It's hard. Um <laughs> Um Mm-hmm. Bunny could also be captain. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm gonna go with Rawls. I forgot about Rawls. <laughs> you have a fucking Rawls? Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't see Bodie becoming a great captain. Because, I'm not but saying then he's a great doctor. I'm saying that this is this immediately becomes entertaining to me. <laughs> oh, this is a Star Trek show to watch, not a, not a, not yes. a ship. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Chief Engineer. Either bunk or um ooh shit. Mm. Proposition Joe. God. <laughs> I want Prop Joe, but uh, Prop, Prop Joe Prop Joe is ship's so counselor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, Prop Joe, he's so fucking you know, good. The ship's counselor is Cuddy. Remember Cuddy? Yes. I do remember Cuddy. God, who can forget Cuddy? Man, The Wire. That's a show. That's I want to watch show. The Wire. My, my uh, chief engineer is going to be Carcetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's going to be... Uh, fuck, I forgot his name, but the the guy who's next to Carcetti who's like laughing at him the whole time. His advisor, who's like... <laughs> oh, oh right, that yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't remember his name. That guy. You need him on a starship. Yeah. God. Uh, all right, I think that's everybody. We'll call that good. That was yeah. fun. It was that fun. was a great question. It was fun to think about the wire. Uh, right, writes in. Uh, I just got home from seeing a screening of Mad God, the Phil Tippett stop motion movie uh, that was like in the making for thirty years or whatever. What are your favorite stop motion films? I was gonna be um, all lofty and say like, oh, the the Jan Spankmeyer uh, Alice, but no, it, it's, that might be my answer. It's Nightmare Before Christmas, like. <laughs> I might say Alice. If you if you could count um, 
if you could count like movies with stop motion, they're not stop motion movies. Um, I really like some of the stop motion that Raimi does in like Evil Dead Two and uh, Army of Darkness, um, but they're not they're not a stop motion film in the same way. Mm-hmm. King Kong does King Kong count? Fucking King Kong, that's a cool <laughs> stop motion movie. That Mad Dog get... on Shutter right now. Yeah, I want to watch it. I'm going to catch too. it before it leaves. Jackson, ours is probably boring, like Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's a good movie. I hear. I need to watch it. It is good. It is a good movie. Um, if you could remake any movie using stop motion, what movie would you choose, and what weird stuff would you animate? Oh, I genuinely don't know. I'm like, what would be improved by stop motion? No, no, not it doesn't have to be improved. I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking. Uh, Fantastic Planet. That's a cool one because it's already animated. Yes. Yeah, it's already animated. Yes, Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Fuck, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, Velvet Goldmine. That's a good answer, too. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if you could have any creator spend 30 years making a singular film, who would it be? What film would they make? And how to go off the road? I, I know it's going to be Werner Herzog. I don't, I don't know what the movie is, but Werner Herzog. Paul Thomas Anderson. Just give him whatever he wants to do. Uh, but the movie I would think out of those is probably The Master. Just unlimited. <laughs> just thinking about it God. way too hard. Could you imagine? I don't think anyone should ever spend 30 years making a movie, ever. Um but so i don't have a good answer for this <laughs> um helva writes in watch heat for the first time filled in a lot of blanks in uh other media for me what was your last rosetta stone film and what's one that you know is out there but you haven't seen yet well i watched the godfather this week so yeah i, was gonna say, I yeah, haven't seen the godfather so <laughs> it insists upon itself <laughs> the one the one that i haven't seen is probably um battleship potemkin um yeah Feels really important. The last one I watched, I was like, "Oh, this this suddenly makes a lot of sense." Uh, hmm. I have to give this a think. If anyone else wants to answer, while I'm thinking. Yeah, I also have to think. I'm sorry. Do you have an answer, Jackson? <laughs> uh, like the ones I haven't seen. Well, um, which one? Oh, yeah. Which one do you you think would fill in a lot of stuff? Sure. Probably something like a Clockwork Orange. Um, like I've not I've not seen that. You haven't seen Clockwork Orange? I guess it doesn't, there's no reason why you would have, but... I mean, I've seen other other Kubrick movies, just not that one. Um, you know, it's probably, it's probably actually more like uh, any of the, the only Westerns, honestly. My, my, my massive hole of not having ever watched any Westerns is a, is a big one. That's fair. Um, I guess the last one for me was probably... Um, uh, what's the Nun movie? Why can't I think of it off the top of my head? Um, Black Narcissus? Yes. Oh, definitely. Uh, for yeah. me, it's one of those uh, Man With No Name movies, but I'm blanking out on which one it w- was the last one I watched. We only saw the first one. I thought we watched two of them. We have not watched for a few dollars more, no. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that one. That's the last one I watched. And then the one I haven't seen. I've never seen a Fellini film. I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony writes in... Uh, Watch Rules of the Game alongside the podcast and watch Boogie Nights for the first time. Uh, what's your favorite party scene in a movie and what are parties and movies you'd most like and least like to be at? I have oh. two answers for my party I want to be at. Yes. Um, I want to be at the party where they do the babushka in Adam's family. Fuck, that's a perfect <laughs> answer. I'm not going to do better than that. Are you kidding me? Oh. But I also want to be in that slightly culturally appropriative wedding in Rachel getting married. 
I seen it. It's like the biggest, coolest wedding because like her parents are these rich musicians, so it's mm. just this music-filled, beautiful three-day affair, and like it's just gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. Um, plot-wise, I don't remember if it was that great, but like just the look of it, I'm like, I want to be there. And then for a party, I don't want to be at is the very, very small gathering in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Ooh, that's a good one you don't want to be at. Um, <laughs> my one I don't want to be at is The Exterminating Angel, which is about people who are at a dinner party and can't leave for existential fiction reasons. Um, that one fucking, ooh, that'd be miserable. Um, since you took the Adams Family, I think I would pick the uh, big feast at uh, in Hook. I think that's a good party. Ooh. Do the food fight. <laughs> I have no idea what I want to be. I feel like parties are maybe the generally awful places. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a valid answer. I mean, I've got I've got the one I don't want to be at, uh, and that's the whatever the eighties New Year one in um, Boogie Nights, where he shoots the <laughs> she just walks in and shoots that lady. Nineteen eighty. Don't want to be there. Don't want to be there. Um, and then Tron writes in with some questions. I think we covered some of these. Uh, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Like, shot or scene? Uh, I think uh. Jackson already mentioned it, but the scene where the king storms out and everybody just kind of relaxes <laughs> and sits down. That is a good one. I, um, I really just like uh, him and, and the boys like running up and down the stairs. I think that's like a really good shot. Oh, that one is really good. Um. Jackson, if you became the king of England, what odd behavior would you have? Several. Uh, just all my current odd behaviors, but then you work because <laughs> I'm the fucking king. <laughs> um, I, I don't know uh, how do I, I like, I'd be anxious. Like, <laughs> what are my odd behaviors in life and how much uh, worse would they be if I was the king? <laughs> it's like the king's speech, but only when you're not in front of a microphone. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would absolutely be the ga- get into situations where, like, I would have advisors who I would feel pressured by, and I would continually, like, half agree to, like, contradictory advice from different factions. Oh, absolutely. You, you, need, like, they'd, like, you, need, think... you need a grim and worm tongue to keep that from happening. I'll be a grim like, worm tongue. I'm fine. Like, I'm th- they would think they were manipulating me, but I'd be, like, going, like, being manipulated yes. by both of them and canceling yes. them out. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> First, between these two factions, I'll try to like bend my ear to get everything. Yeah, that's the king I'd be. Uh, I don't think it's uh, bragging to say I'd be a much better king than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, I think that's not necessarily a positive <laughs> attribute. I agree. Um, well, as long as we all agree, I'd be a better king. That's what matters to me. Um, <laughs> it's 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 so funny how we need a good king. So so neatly transitioned to someone saying I should be king. I wonder if that happened in history. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird how often that happens. I don't I don't know. It's it's such a such a small step there. I don't know what's up with that. If someone better came along, I'd be happy to give it to them. <laughs> sure. Lacking that, oh, yeah. I will step up. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I think I'd do just fine, actually. You can send emails to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Next time, Destiny, are we watching Paris, Texas? We're watching Paris, Texas! Woo! Great. Um, that's great. That's all. That's all I got. Uh, plugs, Destiny. At Fridge Buzz now on the website. And uh, my other podcast is called Battling Girls, which is at abnormalmapping.com slash battling girls. Uh, Jackson. I am at Headfuls Off on the websites, and you can find me at abnormalmapping.com, uh, where we're doing podcasts, the good ones. 
Just did Mother 3 recently on a no mapping, the best game.club. It's good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash mapping for all of the even better podcasts that you have to pay money for. Uh, we're recording Blockbusters tomorrow. It'll be up probably the same day this goes up or the day after on um, Good Morning Vietnam, which will be fun. Oh, we are doing that. Man, yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that. Um, hopefully it'll be worth talking about. I'm sure it will be. Um, at the very least, we'll talk about Robin Williams for 20 minutes. Um, we spent, we've literally spent three hours talking about Tom Cruise over the last year of doing Blockbusters. So. <laughs> uh, and we'll do some more again. Yeah, for sure. Um, fascinating icons of modern history. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for watching. We'll be listening. We'll be back in two weeks. Until next time, movies! Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them. What, what? What, what? What, what? <laughs>